0: Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Redirection with Terry Carell, the podcast. It is so good to have you. Come on in, take a seat cock up your foot get comfortable because this is what the space is all about the podcast is brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken 00 and of course huge shout out to Tony Aiken, my sign language interpreter um, who is is also a big part of inclusion right and including our deaf community Uh, for those of you who are meeting me for the very first time hi Terry Carell is the name and of course you can find me across all social media platforms at Terry Carell and if you want to find out more about me or if you want to shoot me an email or a message you can visit my website terrycarell.com we want you to start conversations we also want you to be a part of the conversations so please go ahead and use the hashtag TK redirection and of course if you are somebody who has an amazing redirection story or maybe you know of people who have amazing redirection stories go ahead send an email and we will follow up for you now just in case you haven't noticed already We're not just having the podcast on podcast platforms, but now you can watch us on my YouTube channel. So we just want to say thank you to Spaces for coming on board and creating such a beautiful space for my guests. So far, all of them have come on and all of them have loved the space. So the question is, Who is coming next in the redirection seat? Well, if we're talking about the power of perseverance, then look no further because my guest represents that. From leaving school with just three subjects to eventually getting his master's and, of course, becoming the executive and musical director of an award-winning, critically acclaimed performing arts company, Ashe, Oh, it is my pleasure to speak with the one and only Conroy Wilson, and I cannot wait to get into the conversation. Season two of the Redirection with Terry Carell podcast is brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken Zero Zero. My darling beloved Conroy, welcome to the show. Terry,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: First of all, you look amazing. Thanks. But I mean, you're probably accustomed to it. You just you just wake up looking like this. Let
1: me me just say this. It is pressure. (laughs) This whole swag boss thing is pressure. Because you know, sometimes you just feel like put on anything. Mm -hmm. And it's just not possible. No, 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 no. (laughs) You, You came into
0: the studio and I was like, oh, oh, not the beige. And then I looked at the pants and I looked at the shoes and I said, you know, you are living, you are living breathing example of what your personal brand is yes. but apart from being the swag boss which is the nickname that has been given to that's you given. as a judge on um, Jamaica's number one talent show Digital Rising Stars outside of that because that's just a small that's a smidgen of what we know you as you are an award-winning, critically acclaimed executive and musical director of the Asher Performing Group, Performing, performing um, Arts Group. And I just want you to tell me. Is this where you saw yourself? Hmm. You are a nation builder, you are an author, you are a mentor, you are many things. Looking back on Little Conroy, is this what you saw you for know, yourself?
1: I have Terry. I've come to realize now that all the experiences from primary school Mm -hmm. shaped me for this particular moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that time, you'd never have thought that, you know, I'm going to do this or be this. In primary school, all my brothers did music. Yes. um, Because my mother was friends with the music teacher. And so the music teacher insisted that they all learn the piano. Um, They were not interested, and they all flaked out. And then it was my turn. (laughs) But I had an interest, because I was in the choir. So we used to learn all these folk songs, all the folk songs I know now. Yes. And I teach now and work with now. I learned them in primary school. Look at that. And so um, in the evenings when this piano teacher, Mrs. Shirley MacDonald, um, when she used to leave and go home, I used to go on the piano and just bang anything (laughs) and knock the benches and beat the (laughs) students, you know, just having fun. Um, And so I started doing piano with her. And um, I remember after leaving school there, mm-hmm. I went to St. George's. And um, in St. George's, by this time now, the church has started going to St. Teresa's. The people there recognized that I had an interest yeah, in ta- music mm-hmm. and I had talent. So they started wanting me to play the organ. Now, I was fascinated because, you know, in playing the organ, you're using your foot for the footnotes right. and you're using both hands as well. So I used to get up every Saturday morning early to go to the church just to practice to play the organ. And they started sending me to music classes with Paulette Bellamy's mother, um, Lynette Case. And so that's how my music career just, you know, just are you serious? there.
0: Uh, was there any point in time while you are, you know, you're transitioning from primary school and high school, and even though you have this talent and you have this desire to learn more and to study more about music, were other students or other friends talking, you know, did they ever try to dissuade you or to say, listen?
1: When you, at that time, It was the norm. Everybody, you either, when you finish school, you were supposed to either go and work in the bank Mm -hmm. or you were supposed to be a teacher outside of being the lawyer, doctor, Indian chief. chief, You were supposed to work in the bank or be a teacher. That was the big thing then. And I did that. When I left school, I went straight into the bank. I did not know this. I worked at the bank. NCB Duke Street. One year it was the most frustrating thing. <laughs> not because of NCB, not because of NCB, but I was just out of alignment with who I was. Yes. What, what kind of role was it? I was um, a specialist cashier at that time. Yes. Because remember now, for background, I left school with three subjects.
0: Well, no, no, no. Then then Conrad, you can't just Conrad, you can't Conrad, you can't just Listen. come in the redirection seat and just talk about getting into Listen. banking. Go okay, go back to high school. Let's go back to high school. Let's go back to high school. To high
1: school. So I did. Regular, what wonderful in first form. In yes. fact, I was always the beadle, the person in charge mm. of the class at the school. Great in first form, great in second form, third form, great. That's when you're supposed to choose your subjects. Yes. No, I have no idea of what I'm going to do, what I want to do. Yes. Of course, I know I love music, but that's not even at the forefront of my mind.
0: Because nobody ever takes right. music seriously exactly. as a no, profession. No, so you come don't on, do that. come that's on. That doesn't do
1: on the side. But all my friends were in the sciences. Yes. Ad maths, physics, maths, and those chemistry. were the bright people. And I was not about to be done. I was not about to be fool fool. And so I signed up for ad maths, physics, chemistry, chemistry bio. bio. Cooler man, doctor. Needless to say, <laughs> I got through the classes, general, regular classes with ad math because, you know, his people help you do the ad math work and stuff. Yes. But when the exam time come, lottery. I don't even know what I put on those papers. But um, uh, I recognize I learned after that, after with my three subjects that... What were the three that you got? Both English and math. Wow. Now, interestingly, that a lot of people struggled with both English and math. Yes. So um, I got those, and those are like the basics for anything, for Mm -hmm. any job. So, of course, remember now you leave or you go to work in the bank.
0: But did that ever blow your self-esteem when, you know, you, you try something and, and still to this day, if you don't do the sciences, what it are did. you? Like, how did you get over the fact that, you know, this does not mean that I'm done. It doesn't mean that... I don't have the chops. It may just mean that I'm misaligned. But at the time, you don't always feel that way.
1: Only in my adult life Mm. that I came to recognize that. Because I would have had to work with this whole concept all my life. After I left um, St. George's and I went to the bank, I went back to school and did more subjects and stuff. But um, that still does not take away the kind of impact it has coming out with your three subjects Correct. when everybody else has six and seven and Correct. eight and nine and ten. And you thinking or wondering if you are stupid, mm-hmm. if you are not smart enough, Failure. all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was always, you know, I'm the kind of person who always believed that you must jump off the building. Mm. And when you jump off, one of two things will happen. Either you're going to get wings going down or there'll be a soft cushioning to catch you. That's me. I'm, I'm, I just jump off. Um, and I guess that's, a, that's also a part of uh, my spiritual upbringing because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my mother always insisted from early that every Sunday I was to go to church. Although yes. no, she never went. But every Sunday I was to go to church. So I always had that kind of faith thing going on um, at that point in time. So did that. Um, the go to, work, the your, your, your right, to the bank with your three. Right. Applied to the bank with my three subjects because, again, my next theory in life ask for what you want, go for what you want. Yes, sir. People can tell you one of two things. They can tell you yes, or they can tell you no. If they tell you yes, life goes on. If they tell you no, life, life goes on. Life still goes on. Exactly. So ask, or you'll never know unless you ask. So I applied, and they offered me a job to be a specialist cashier. Mm-hmm. And a specialist cashier meant that I went to work at 10 and left at 3. Mm-hmm. And so I did that in the space of... Uh, about a month, they upgraded me to a full a full cashier.
0: Beautiful. And
1: I was there doing that. One day, um, we used to deal with the farm work. Yes. Farm workers. And one day, a gentleman came into the bank, and this was the turning point. Yes. And I was on the line, and I was smiling and giving my best customer service. And the gentleman asked me a question. I don't remember what the question was, Terry. But I tell you, no lie. I said to myself, is this man stupid or what? what? Right you my teeth, I'm smiling and saying, are you an idiot, sir? And the man looked at the man heard me. And the man looked at me and said, no, I'm not an idiot. Oh, my oh. God. I felt so bad. Because here I think the man never heard me. I know I think you I'm thought going to you lose. were being coy. And mm. I know I'm going to lose my work and everything. And so I said, I offered the man seat, water, lunch, <laughs> breakfast, <laughs> dinner, not. anything he wants. <laughs> but at that moment, I decided that this wasn't what I wanted to do. Yes. And so I resigned. Mm-hmm. I resigned. And this was
0: after how long?
1: This was after about 10 months.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I resigned. Um, and I applied, um, at that point to, a, a, I think it may have been a surgical branch, yes, right? Up the road. And they offered me a job, doubled my salary to do the same thing. Yes. I declined it. And I was at home. And while at home...
0: Hold on, but that's, that's, that's interesting. And the reason, I mean, Marky, you've kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, you're, you, you are faith-based. And yes. so whenever you deal with people who are faith-based, sometimes they do things or think things that just don't seem to make sense to other people, but that's because they know what they feel. Yes. Considering you just come out of your 10 months, right? Yes. After having just come out of high, high school. school. So college is nowhere near. No, no. College and you get offered double, and you still said, still said no, no, no. Where you get that power because and authority, I just knew
1: that I was going to be frustrated mm. in this position, and that I couldn't fake it. Mm. Natural, me was great. It's just like, um, on <laughs> I try my best mm-hmm. on the TV show mm-hmm. <clears throat> to be as professional. <laughs> And as supportive as possible. <laughs> yes. The people at Ashe will tell you. When we're in rehearsals at Ashe, and they're used to me, yes. and something goes off, my face tells it, my yes. mouth tells it, my everything tells it. But I have to remember sometimes, Conor, you're not at Ashe, and people can, it will land differently. So Correct. I have to exercise that. I knew that in this banking situation that some of me was going to come out at some point in and time. And you didn't want banking. to risk no, it. No, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 no, yep. no, 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 no. So I said, you know what? Let me not do that. So I resigned. Um, interestingly, when I resigned, a lady from my church was the principal of St. Benedict's primary. Yes. She said to me, Conroy, can you please come and sit into a sixth grade class for me for two days? Because the teacher, school just started in September. And the teacher who I have, she came for two days and she left and they have common entrance. Can you just come and sit in and, you know... Help I out. I said, sure, let me just sit in, you know, two days, a couple of days won't help. That sitting lasted for a year. What I do you mean? taught this common entrance class
0: for a year, grade six, and Benedict's primary. This person who only had three subjects yes. was now educating was now and educating. helping to shape the minds.
1: That was exciting for me. Let me tell you why. Remember now, I am not... Teacher trained. Yes, not but formally. I go into a classroom and I have sixth grade students who are to do the common entrance yes. who can't spell their names. Wow. And so now I have to find a way. I know one on one is two mm-hmm. and two on two is four, but I have to find a way to explain that to this 12 year old or 11 year old that they can understand. And that's when math became easy for me. Because I had to find a way to break down all that I knew yes. so simply that they could get it. English, the same thing. So it was fun for me. I gave them, I, I, I remember one day I gave them an assignment uh, a homework to go home and to just enjoy. And then come back the next day, we'll talk about it. Yes. So the next day when they come back, they were supposed to write down what they did the day before. So one young man said, he wrote down in his book, um, um. Um, today, yesterday, I play something, something, mm-hmm. something. So we're looking at um, present tense, past tense. Of course. So I said, okay, so today I play. Yesterday I, and him said, Ramp, sir. Oh, <laughs> why not? <You> know, <laughs> why not? Why not? <But laughs> so by then, you know, we're having a full-on discussion yes. about um, English and, and, and what is standard English right. and, and what is broken English and spelling and everything within that context. And that was exciting for me. And then I realized that um, three quarters of these students um, were from Bull Bay, back that end, and right. so they have never even passed Harborview roundabout. Mm. So I said, okay, I first need to get their attention. So what I did was I organized a trip and took them to the falls that was in Rockford. Yes. They were excited, excited, excited. It was excited, a simple excited. exposure that simple you wanted to give them. Then I organized another trip for them and took them to Montego Bay, and then they flew back to Kingston. No, I'm telling you, Terry, after I did that, those students, I could tell them anything. They could learn anything. They were just, it's like nobody, they, they didn't feel as appreciated. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever took the not time see, to Not seen, not heard, not valued. Exactly. And so, um, for that year, with these, some of these students, there were about six passes out of this class of 20-something, which is not expected. It's not mm-hmm. anything. So, that was amazing. Mind you, after the year I left. But... Um, it said to me that in teaching, in yes. education, we just need to first be able to get the students' attention with something that interests them. hmm and so that. Why was, didn't
0: you stay? Like why? When you said it was a turning point, you realized that you also have not just a gift and a talent for music, but you clearly have a a, a talent and a gift for teaching, yes. for imparting, yes. for educating. Yes. Why didn't you stay longer to say? Mm, let me see how far I, this can I go. Didn't
1: because the lady who brought me on, she retired the year after. I said you leaving, I live in you know we're not doing this this no we're not we're not kind of doing this and then it was at that point that Ashe started a full-time program uh-huh. and so they were now, we're now hiring people full-time as a job and so I opted for that because that is you know what I was interested in so um, but again that experience of teaching is now coupled with what I do. at course, because I, I, I mean, I teach. I've subsequently that I, I've taught at Mergrove. I've taught at Alpha, I've taught at the University of the West Indies, Kingston, and Montego Bay. So, but
0: was this easy in terms of your transitions? Because I know, you know, when we're when we're when we're looking in, you know, we're looking back, retrospect, and we're saying, you know, we did this, we tran- transitioned. Was it easy for you? And if it absolutely wasn't, absolutely like, not. What part of that journey? ever hit you in the, in, in, in the gut where you go this is rough like this is hard even though I have my faith even though I know that God is going to provide even though I know if I jump off of this building I'm going to grow my wings and I'm going to figure it out what part of your journey made you, know, made you go gosh this is hard and what did you learn coming out of that that, that, that impact
1: you know um, even at the primary school when I was teaching the principal insisted and we got into strong conversations Mm -hmm. because she wanted me to teach from the syllabus. I said, there's no way I can teach from a grade 6 syllabus with children who cannot spell their name Mm because that is grade 1. Of course. So I have to find a way to meet them where they are, to take them to where I want to get them to. So we, we, we often had... Um, arguments about that but there was something inside me that was more interested in the children getting somewhere than in a syllabus or even in common entrance for that matter Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that by the time I was done these children felt valued, appreciated and they could spell their name and they could represent themselves and feel like they were somebody and so I felt that if I had done that then that would have been enough Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't always easy. It, it was it was rough um, at times, and at that time, I guess I wasn't thinking. I really was wasn't even thinking about the money. I don't even remember what I got paid, if I got paid. Mm-hmm. But um, I really don't remember. I was excited. Remember, I was yes. excited. I remember my teacher said, sub- "But me, anyway." So <laughs> yes, we have was sub- teaching our school. Remember, say you know. Yes. So subconsciously, you now that I think about it, it may also have been an escape for me. Yes, knowing that at some point of me, I'm still dealing with not doing as well in high school. Yes. Right? So this may have been a, a payback, a pay forward. It may have been a way of me saying to myself, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You're not dumb. You're not any of that kind of stuff. So that was very interesting for me. But all throughout my journey, even right in this moment, yes. right as I sit here for this interview, there are some severe challenges that just show up. Yes. Now, um, one of the disadvantages of being the leader is that the people are expecting you, you to lead. To always lead. And, to have ex- all, and to have all the exactly. answers. And they're not expecting you to pop down. They're not expecting you to, to falter. They're not expecting you to be weak. They're expecting you as the leader to set the example for what happens now. All the time. So the place is burning down. Okay, you're the leader. What happens now? You're the strong one. You're the empowered one. Yeah, mm-hmm. tell us what happens now. And so you have to go home into your own quiet space wherever that is and work with yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can be strong enough to keep going what are some
0: of the things that you do to work on yourself for yourself that deep work you
1: know a lot of it has to do a lot of us a lot lot of it has to do with what you believe Mm -hmm. um and i have come to realize that most of us operate only on the things that we can see, smell, touch, taste, and mm, hear. Preach. But there's so much more than that. Um, and so I spend a lot of the times reading, mm-hmm. reading about how how you can live that life now. Not sometime later. I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm from the microwave era. You know, you put it in the microwave, you want it now, you want it now. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm from that era. Not the wait era, the wait your turn. No, my turn is no. right now and I want it now. But I'm willing to do the work. Mm. And the work is not necessarily physical work. The work is being able to work with your mindset that this thing is possible for me. It is possible for me because... Again, I'm going back to scripture. I know the plans I have for you. Yes. There are plans for good, for a future with hope. They're yes. not plans for evil. Plans and to so make you prosper. I, 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 I'm, I'm very, very strong, very, very strong believer in that. And um, a lot of the times I take away myself. Yes. Um, and I will. So people see me and think you go to a lot of parties and stuff. And I don't. I don't. I am fine going home into my. The solace. I tell them my work is already exciting. I'm seeing performances every day. I'm around creative, crazy, nice, wonderful people. (laughs) No, I see them every day. So it's like a party every day for me. So when I get a time to step away and hear what your heart and your mind is really saying... That's how you can, you're can able to deal with it.
0: Did you ever feel pressured? Um, and I'm, we're going to go back to Ashen and the, the the roles that and the capacities that had opened up at Ashen. But at any point in time, did you ever feel pressured to go to college? You know, because and even now, even in 2023, you have students who want to leave out of high school and they want to go straight into the working world. And they come upon judgment, and they are shamed for not wanting or for not having that desire or for not taking the action to go to university and college. So you've done 10 months in the bank, and you've now gone and you've done a year um, teaching, and this is adding to your resume, absolutely, and your personal development. But university, college, did you ever feel
1: pressured? I I, I did. I did. Let me tell you, (laughs) it was so interesting. When I started working for Ashe at the time, just as a regular performer like any of the other persons, um, they—I guess—I was always wanting more. I—I—I mm. I, I, I don't believe that you must be anywhere and not for a number of years and not get to the top of the field. And this is not position-wise. This is in terms of knowing your craft mm-hmm. and what you bring to the table. Mastering. Mm-hmm. And so I, as a performer, there was an opportunity that came up to be the secretary and I said, I'll do that. And I went and was the secretary. Then there was an opportunity to come up to be the assistant administrator. I'll do that. And so I went and I did it. An opportunity and the administrator left. I'll do that. Mm. And so I kept doing that. And then... Um, The academy started, which was a school for training. And I said, I'll go and teach in the academy. And so I did that until they started calling me the academy director, even before I was appointed. And then I started to work with the academy. And the ensemble, which is a professional company, got jealous because all these things were happening with the academy. And there was nobody that was really doing as much with the ensemble. And so they moved me. To be coming in charge of the ensemble.
0: Let me stick up here. Yes. Now, let me ask you this: while you're saying, "I'll do that," "I'll do that," was it conscious positioning, or was it you just being just curious, me curious
1: and eager and willing?
0: You know, um,
1: I guess I, I probably owe a lot of it when I think about now to my mother because yes. I saw my mother. My mother. I have five brothers. Yes. And um, where do you fall in the five? I am the. Well, I have six brothers. I'm the fifth yes. of the six. Yes. So I was a washbelly for a long time yes. until my, my younger brother <laughs> came on and he took that position lovingly, <laughs> gladly. Um, so, But um, I grew up seeing her struggle mm-hmm. and make it and take us, send us to school. We all went to great schools. Yes. And I was always, you know, when I went to school, I, I heard her one day say that, she don't drink box drink, regular box drink. She had to drink orange juice. Now, it, she shouldn't have made me hear that because, you know, one morning I was going to school. Mom, you know, I don't like the box drink. I only can drink the orange juice yeah. because she knew it. Right. So, you know, my lunch money had to up to get me box food and the orange juice. But I wondered, because when I started working at the bank, Terry, my salary was twice her salary. And I was trying to make my salary work for me hmm. when she made her salary Less work for, for everybody. Five of us. So it blew my mind as to, I said, no, how is this possible? So, you know, it. Um, it's only when you look back at everything that you begin to realize you're being shaped.
0: Yes. All the
1: experiences you have in your life, they are shaping you for who you mm-hmm. are to be. Mm-hmm. So we have to just pay attention. We have to pay close attention to the, sign to the signs, to what's happening, to who we're being and to what is being shown to us. All that we need is provided. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that we need is provided. Sometimes we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Even this interview now, I might just say, okay, it's an interview, I'm talking about myself, but it is a part of my process. And it of, Yes, it is a part of the process. It's a part of what makes me who I am. It's mm-hmm. a part of how I can contribute um, to the world. Um, I was at a funeral recently, just two days ago, and a lady came up to me and she said to me, Um, You taught me. You taught me at St. Martin the poorest. This is in 1995. (laughs) You said, don't age (laughs) age me. First of all, miss. Miss, miss, (laughs) please. But she said, I'll never forget. Yourself and Michael Holgate, you did something. And it was so impactful. She said, I had the last line in the piece. And it was so impactful. And in that moment, I was dealing with some stuff work-wise. Yes. And that said to me, Conroy... The work that you do is bigger than you. Don't stay focused on this little thing that is happening now. Here is somebody who is saying to you what you did then has impacted me. Keep going.
0: Hmm. Keep
1: going because you'll be taken care of.
0: And in that vein, how important is it for us to give people their flowers? Like... You know, you just said something, and it seems it may seem very simple, but it's extremely profound that, as you said, it, w- it just took someone coming and saying thank you with a spirit of gratitude, acknowledging that there was something that you sowed in me years ago, that now that I see you, it is important mm-hmm. for me to tell you. And that moment, you're able to hold on to that. Yeah. And work through whatever yeah. how important is it for people to acknowledge the good that people is, have done
1: it is extremely important because remember you know you never know what someone is going through even if they show up and they're smiling mm-hmm. dressed as best as they can dress people are dealing with stuff mm-hmm. all of us are dealing with stuff and so you're, you never know what your word, what your gratitude, what your smile does for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same breath, you never know what your anger and your bitterness Correct. does to somebody. Correct. And so you have, to be, you have to be planting seeds that you want to taste the fruit of.
0: Ah, I love that.
1: You have to be planting seeds that when this tree blossoms and mm-hmm. blooms, that you are willing to eat the fruit.
0: Let me ask you this, on behalf of the... I'll try that. I'll do that because we have youngsters from prep school to high school to college and even in working worlds who are the, the ones who stay curious and they want to try. They want to experiment. They want to be present and involved. And they go, I'll try that. And people label them as enough, extra, mm. you're guany You want everything "everything you want. So, and for many they withdraw because they don't want to be labeled. Yeah. They don't want to be ostracized. Yeah. What words of advice do you have for them? What did you apply if, if at all, you ever came across that yeah. kind of um, yeah. labeling? You know, how did you overcome it? And what advice do you have for people who want to help, want to be present, want to learn and grow, but are being affected by people mode? So, <clears throat> two
1: things come to mind. One is this: there is a, a Jamaican proverb saying that says um, don't hang your basket where you can't reach it. Mm-hmm. And I just find it the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> because if you hang the basket then you must have been able to reach it to hang it. So clearly if you can reach it to hang it, then you're going to reach it when you need of it. Course. So my thing is generally become marketable. Mm -hmm. How you become marketable is by exploring everything that interests you and be willing to learn about it. We're in an age where technology puts everything at our fingertips. You can learn to be anything. You can learn to do anything right from the comfort of your smartphone. Mm -hmm. Be enough. Don't play coy. Don't play. This thing about being humble and stuff is overrated. Be enough. Because it is the people who are enough who tend to progress and do the things. You know, you have this dream and you say, you know, I had this idea, but this is somebody else doing it. That's because you were enough enough to get up and move and do it. Correct. Ask the right people. Yes. Take the necessary action. So you, you have to. You have to. We have been taught too much um, to shut up and be quiet. You know, it's like when you see two babies run up and down. And if you see a child that has... American parents Mm -hmm. they run wild they tear down everything they mash up everything and they are allowing the child to explore but no man make you find one Caribbean sit down shut up don't Don't touch that don't touch that don't do that but that's how the child learns that child's at that stage of learning and so we grow up with that thing where we we don't want to seem like we are too much this Mm -hmm. or too much of that it is better for you to explore who you are and be too much than to be nothing Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Jobs, Mike. We can leave. <laughs> interview's over. All right. No, no, man. It's 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 serious. Yeah, um. We, we see uh, young people today, um, and you come across, you
0: work a lo- with a lot of youngsters from a your summer lot school up. of
1: people today. Um. University graduates, and they come into interviews with you, and the resume says some beautiful things. You mm-hmm. know, three point almost four mm-hmm. average, and when you talk with them, they're so disempowered. Mm. They, they can't articulate anything. They haven't tried anything. And you're like, but you just went through four years of university Correct. where you would have been experiencing this kind of stuff. But you are, while you have a high GPA, your real GPA, which is your grounding, your platform, and your audience from the book that we wrote, mm. they're very low. There's, there's nothing there. And I'm saying, what causes you to be so disempowered? And we are taught, okay. You know, don't, 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 don't be too much. Mm-hmm. Don't, 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 be too know, don't be too loud. Don't be too loud. No, hmm. be yourself. Be you. Hmm. Be who is naturally you. People can either accept you for who you are or they can move on to somebody else or something else. If it is for you, it is for
0: you. Yeah, and feel
1: So, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. I, I keep feeling and believing that there is a missing level between transition from high school to
0: tertiary education
1: and from tertiary education to the
0: professional professional world. world.
1: There is that, you know, it's like people need to Someone needs to say to them, "Okay, now you have the degree. Let's start the real work. Yes, let's look at what this really means and what this degree means. Because half of the people go to school anyway, correct. And study things that they don't really like,
0: correct? Correct. And Just that's because for, and this
1: is for my mommy, this is for my daddy, this is for my dad. And now, what I'm really interested in is something else.
0: Absolutely. And um, you know, it's interesting that you said that because there, there, there is that, and there's also the fact that what we have seen also is a rise of anxiety and panic amongst youngsters because they believe in perfection rather than progress." Mm. Mm. Or they believe that in order to progress, they have to be perfectionists, and perfectionists very rarely step out, they very rarely color outside the lines because they've been told or conditioned to believe this is the line, you told the line, and so when that doesn't work out,
1: yeah, it crumbles. The the, the pandemic taught us that, the pandemic Mm. taught us that it is time for us to shift, yes, it is time for us to explore. New and exciting ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. It is time for us to connect with ourselves, it is time for us to learn new skills, it is time for us to move with where the times and things are going and that even in the midst of what seems to be a crisis, there are opportunities Mm -hmm. and the thing is going to be are you going to keep stuck in and banging your head against the closed door or are you going to look for the open window? Where are the opportunities in there? There's a lesson in there for me, there's a blessing in there for me, show me the blessing, show me the lesson, let me get that, that is always my Everything, mm-hmm. every experience, every single one has wrapped up in it a lesson and a blessing.
0: And that lesson and that blessing allows you to learn, to grow, to improve, to refine, Absolutely. to reanalyze, to shift, to, to adjust, to adapt.
1: The better version of
0: yourself. And speaking about, you know, wanting to be the better version of yourself, I'm going to now go back. Mm-hmm. You're doing well over on the academy. Big things are going over the academy. And the ensemble says, you know, we, we want to invite you over here mm-hmm. because... There needs to be structure. There needs to be advancement. What was that like stepping into this new role that required a lot more from you?
1: Well, you know, every new assignment, every new experience requires a different version of yourself. Hmm. If the you that you are today was the person who owned the Learjet then you would have had it. If you don't have it, it's because you are not that person yet. yet.
0: Yes, sir. So
1: stepping into that meant, um, remember, the ensemble are the same members that I grew up with. They are mm-hmm. my age. They are my friends. And so you are now having to become a supervisor over your friends. Yes. And remember, I was always the... Clown of the group, I was the one who make everybody laugh and that kind of stuff. No, yes. you had to switch from that mode, still being you, but a mode where you started holding people accountable.
0: Yeah, there's a more formal yes. relationship that mm-hmm. is happening,
1: and that had its fair share of challenges. Mm. We were in, we were in France on a three month tour, and I remember the amount of time them cursed me out and <laughs> tell me, <laughs> tell me no director for them, and it was you know. But that was there that was their means of dealing with it. But Mm -hmm. what I did was, I ensured that I stayed on principle. Mm. So the argument couldn't be anything. We agreed, these are the rules. Before we left, we agreed, these are the rules we agreed these were the consequences if you broke the rules and these are the benefits of following the rules. So when you break them, I am not doing anything personal to you. Correct, we're just we're enforcing. Just, we're just enforcing the rules. And that is, I think, that more than anything else is what got me through. Mm-hmm. So whether you like me or not,
0: I'm based on principle. Mm, did they ever, did it, well, well, it definitely didn't drive you to, to quit. But were there ever moments when you just thought, well, you know, I thought that this was going to be much easier because we know each other. We've been through the trenches together. So I thought this was going to be easier. And, you know, maybe this is just, maybe I think of more than I could chew. Did you ever get to those moments? Lots of times. Those
1: moments come a lot of times. You kind of wonder, why why do Mm -hmm. you bother? Why do you do this? Um, But then I remember that, um, Conra, I remember this is an outlet for you. And so you have to ensure that this outlet stays for somebody else. Because there would have been so many persons who would have been impacted. Yes. I mean, now looking back, that was in 2000, 2003. These people are now still my friends. Yes. And they, now we can laugh and talk about it and, you know, support each other and share with each other and talk about those moments. And so you learn that those moments pass. Mm-hmm if you know who you are and the more you you begin to learn about who you are and standing principle, that's Mm -hmm. why you have to know. You have to spend time knowing what principles and values that you have as an individual and what you're willing to compromise or not compromise. And the truth is, friend or not, Mm. um, I tell people all the time, me and your friends, but when it comes on to the job, I'll fire you. Are we going to have tea after we're finishing and drink coffee and everything? But you're going to know that the job must be done properly. The job must be done properly because that's what we agreed to mm-hmm. and at the end of the day I say to people all the time if you go to a fast food restaurant KFC Burger King Island Grill and you pay your money you don't care if the person who is supposed to make the burger have a headache mm-hmm. you want your burger with all the things in it you want your fries just nice and you, if the lady come and tell us you know this man may never feels so well and yes. so come and work late you're not interested they're going to take your money and go somewhere else in the same way when they book Uh, performance from Ashe, they expect a certain quality. And we have to
0: deliver that regardless of what is going on. I actually expect you guys to over deliver because that's what you do. Absolutely. When I hear you guys are on a show I already know and I anticipate that you will leave, you know, jaws dropping and people just being in awe of of what you do.
1: And that comes from rehearsals, consistent rehearsals Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over again until you can't get it wrong.
0: Until you can't get Until it wrong. Until you can't
1: get it wrong. And so it's, it's important, but it's just a matter of who will. Now, we have a quarry with them a lot of the times because I keep saying to them, guys, you have to keep the standard. I shouldn't have to come there to say, this is not the standard. You know what the standard is. Um, but you know, sometimes if you allow it, we're tired, you know, this happening, that happening. Now, the latest thing is, now, you know, especially from this generation of young people. So we have a
0: personal life, like, you know, <laughs> like, like, hello. <laughs> like, and how do you have yeah. to adjust and adapt as executive um, director, as musical director, how have you had to also adjust to the change in generations, the change in the cultural and social fabric, the times when, when we have to go, I dance with Tony Wilson Dance Company. Mm-hmm. And there was no such thing as complaining. There was it was either Absolutely. you're gonna do the thing or you're not gonna I do the thing, and if you have a problem, if you have a personal life, whatever, you have a, you, know, you 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 have to just you have to decide. Yeah. How do you now adjust, by, you know, to keeping the standard, but also understanding that there's a change in how generations operate and how they communicate what's going on. Wow, well, Terry,
1: that's a challenging one. Yeah. Um, and I guess a lot of it is because our, at Ashe, our system of management is more circular. Mm-hmm. And so we, we tend to bring things to the fore. Mm. So it's, it's not a top-down approach. And so um, I think because of that, they have an opportunity or a space to voice what it is. And because we're not... Which is healthy. Yes, it's healthy. And because we're not dictatorial, then we listen. We have to listen. Um, And we're forced to listen sometimes um, And make adjustments And realize that in the same way There are things that we used to quarrel about With the older people when we were At their age Mm -hmm. and so we now have to say Okay Lord Connor you're becoming You're becoming You're becoming becoming old. And so it's it's interesting. It's it's always interesting, you know. People now are buying their cars and and just doing what they have to do, and yes. they're, they're and they're sp- trying
0: to balance exactly.
1: as well. Exactly, we feel that we say sometimes that this generation has a, a certain level of entitlement. You know, they're entitled to things that they don't necessarily want to work for. Um, and but when I think about just about Conra, it's the same thing. Like you saying, okay, so. We appreciate the fact that Rosa Parks, you know, did what she did. But we ain't standing up on no bus. I mean, we're going to sit down. I mean, if you want to call it entitlement, that's your business. Correct. So you're saying so yeah, each generation, yes, so yeah. This generation, you know, may feel the same way. So we, we just have to be open and realise that things and times are changing, changing. and
0: we have to change with the time. Ourselves. I have I have three more questions that I'm going to try to squeeze in. Yes. You I mean yeah took over the ensemble, you became a huge part of, of the reason why we see the ensemble just going everywhere, every corner and crevice of the entire world. But then you decided to get your master's yes. in 2007. Yes. The little boy who did leave high school with three subjects. No. My understanding is that to do your master's, you have to have a first degree or you have to have a whole subject. You have to prove to people that clearly you had the chops to get through a certain stage in order for you to dare do the master's. Is it that you went and you got the, the first degree, you went back and you get more C, you know, CXC or CAPE or A-level? What, what? I, did, I did go
1: back and I did two more CXC subjects. Mm-hmm. So that's five in total. Nice. But as I continued working, working with Ashe, there were a lot of professional development courses that they kept sending me on. Administrative management for NGOs, yes. a whole series that, it was Jamaica Institute of Management at that time. And so I did that um, in addition to all the workshops and trainings that actually would have done across the Caribbean and yes. different things. And Joseph Robinson, the late executive director, was lecturing in a course at the university, Communication for Social and Behavior Change. They invited him to be a guest lecturer on edutainment. And he asked me to accompany him, to support him with the lecture. And I went, and I was in the class, and I said to myself, but I could do this. Yes. I, you know, I could do this. So I said, okay. The year passed. The next year, Joe, they asked him to lecture again. And he, I went to them again. And he said, you know, Conra, you should be doing this course. <laughs> I said, all right, mm, whatever. Because, um, you know, do I have no A-levels? Do I have no this or yeah. that, no, no, that? How dare me? And... He came back to me again and said, yes, you should be doing this course. Um, and I said, okay, I'm going to apply. Remember, I have no knowledge of UE and what the requirements are, none. To this day, I, half of the things at UA, that people say they have trouble with at UE, I, I, I don't know what to it God is. To God be the glory. So I applied. I wrote a letter to the university and said, um, this is the case. This, uh, this is what I've done. These are all the things, all the experiences that I've had. This is what I've done. And I'd like to be admitted to the master's program. And they called me in for a meeting. It was um, Dr. De Bruin, she was the head of Carmack at that time. She called me in for a meeting and she said, You know, we don't normally do this and this and that, but we're going to try um, and do a program and see if we can admit it, see if you can manage, etc., etc." et cetera. You had to write me and Esther saying why you wanted it, and I did. Yes. And they accepted me. And so I said, okay, good, we're going to, do, going to school, we're going to do our master's. And it
0: goes back and to you saying, apply, ask.
1: Yes, ask. Most of can say says yes or no. First semester come, remember the school fee not pay. First semester come, exam time come, I know nothing about UE system. I don't know how exam go. I don't know anything about exam card. I know nothing about IDs. I know, not, I know nothing. I just show up the morning and it's in the, that old lecture theater. Yes. And I walk in, and I see everybody put their bags at the back. So I put my bag at the back. I say, everybody go and take a seat. So I go and take a seat. They're coming down the row, the examiner. And I say they're taking off a card for everybody or something that's on their desk. I don't have none, but I say, okay, maybe. So I come down the road. <laughs> and the man reaches to me, and the man says, um, your exam card, please. And I see, you know, my, my, sir, this is a quiet room. Sir. Enough, a very quiet room. Uh, sir, I'm whispering. <laughs> sir, I don't, sir I, don't, I don't have an exam card, sir. And the man decides to get on top of his voice Jesus. and ask for the card again. Sir, your exam card. And in that momentary, I had to decide, are you going to be embarrassed mm-hmm. or are you going to boldly declare what you declare? My actor came out. I sat up in my seat. I said, sir, I do not have an exam card. The whole exam room looking around. The man took up my, whatever was on my desk and he wrote no exam card or something on it and he put it back down and he walked past me. And I said, okay.
0: Does this mean that you no, do the this exam? This
1: means if the man walks past me, this means that I'm okay. If he, never me he would have never leave, yes, of course. If they want to hold on to the paper from when till whatever till the money paid, that's fine. But I've done the exam. I will have to resit it. So that was that. <laughs> when that was done, I left. Second semester comes, still nothing no appear. By the end of the second semester, I said, no, Conrad, that you can't work two times. <laughs> Go and try and sort this out. So I, I, I applied to the bank for a loan at that point yes. to, do, to pay for the fees. And at the same time I applied, um, the head of Carmax said there's a scholarship opportunity for the Caribbean coming out. No apply for way. it.
0: No I way. applied
1: for it. And um, 10 of us were shortlisted. You know, Terry, I went into that interview. I brought PowerPoint, book, everything. I just... All out because yes. I said, anyway, end up getting this. I got the scholarship, full Congrats. scholarship, computer, books, everything paid for, and that was that story. But again, it goes back to say, you just have to ask for what you want and be willing to go for it because yes. there's always a way.
0: I think it's just the fact that people already anticipate the no, they yeah. anticipate the rejection, they anticipate the disappointment, they already anticipate that they will not get through. So, yeah. to make it easier. Mm-hmm. On themselves and the process, they just say, you know what, it's not mine. But that is that is that is amazing. And I want
1: to say this because people tend to think sometimes it's you know airy fairy and you know that kind of whimsy. Yeah, and that work is required. Mm -hmm. Work is required, and the work that I mean is again is not necessarily physical manual labor mm-hmm. but that you have to work with yourself on what you believe and think about yourself and, and how challenge you speak yourself. To yourself yes challenge yourself sometimes and know that you're not doing it alone mm-hmm. if it's something that is in your heart to do mm-hmm. it is for you to do get up go do it the resources will become available to you the way will become available to you just be willing to say yes
0: conroy you make me want to just get up and go and apply for our masters in whatever, like you really make me feel as if i can yeah. my last two questions to you in your amazing experience and journey um in this lifetime you guys have performed all over the world you have had the opportunity of helping to shape and mold um, messages on a national level on a on a regional level so much you have done personally professionally what is a priceless moment for you? What is a moment that ha- has occurred in your life that when you close your eyes and you think about it, you smile with such happiness and pride and joy because it's just, it just made your life more meaningful? One moment.
1: Mm. Um, I experience these moments a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and the priceless moment for me would be Seeing the reaction of an audience after an ashe presentation, Mm -hmm. seeing them stand to their feet and say yes. And knowing that this is something that you arranged, that you did, that the members feel good, the audience feels good, the client feels good. That is a priceless moment. Mm -hmm. That makes everything that you, all the fights, all the quarrels, all the attitudes, all the everything, it, it just... You know, you, you feel like at that point you want to just give all of the performers a million dollars just somewhere. <laughs> just, just give them. You get a car. You, you get, get a house. The Oprah moment. Leaf. Yeah, it's that, it's that kind of moment. It's, it's the empowerment of people, being able to see somebody that you know that you have supported them in being the best version of themselves.
0: Yes, and see them actually do yeah, that on a world stage. So, of all the things that you have experienced, what does redirection mean? to you, your definition of redirection and the importance it plays in in living life?
1: What I love about redirection is that every single one of us can do that in every single moment, Hmm. with everything. Hmm. Our thoughts create our experience. And so if you realize that you are going down a particular road and it is not bringing you the kind of fulfillment or happiness that you want, redirect. Mm. Go in another direction. If you realize that your relationship is not doing what it's supposed to do, redirect. And this is not redirecting the person. This is redirecting you. Hmm. Who am I being in this relationship? Who am I? What am I thinking? What am I doing? Because who you are being draws to you the equivalent If you are being wonderful and sweet and loving, there is no way you can attract crosses. (laughs) And even if you attract the crosses, it cannot stay. It can't stay. Because Mm -hmm. it doesn't match who you are. So if you attract crosses and you can't get rid of it, that means somewhere in your life you're being crosses. Mm -hmm. Meaning somewhere you're entertaining these thoughts of whatever it is. So redirection for me is this personal ability to be able to catch yourself. Not to beat upon yourself, but to catch yourself and take responsibility for how you think, how you feel, what you say, and what you do. Mm-hmm. And redirect yourself at any point in time you catch yourself you're not in the place where you need to be. Just redirect. It's just as simple as that. Redirect. No blame, no guilt. Those are perfectly useless emotions. <laughs> redirect. I'm going this way. It's not the right way redirect the yeah. next week
0: thank you so very much Conroy I really appreciate you taking the time I think that you have spoken to so many different people in you know, just different ways the, the personal aspects the, the ideas that you could have thought of yourself in a particular manner because you lacked yeah in, in in regards to your grades, but then look at you now, and it isn't that you can't um, persevere, it isn't that you can't attain and achieve later on down, Absolutely. but there's some experiences that you must have for yourself that will get you to those yeah. moments. Thank you so very Thank much. Um, I certainly hope that you enjoyed this episode with Conroy. Um, what were your biggest takeaways? What was the nugget? What was the gem? Because he dropped a lot that for you resonated the most with you. The one that you think you're going to hold on to apply it and you're going to redirect if you have to. What was it about his story that made you say, hmm, I see some of me in him and if he can do it. And he's saying that he only looks for the possibilities then. Why can't I? We look forward to your comments. So go ahead, drop your comments in the comment section. Or if you're listening to this on your podcast, let us hear those reviews. Let us get those ratings. And of course, don't be afraid to share it. Share it with those you love. Share it with your community if you think that this story can actually impact and help other people. Until then, thank you for making it. Redirection with Terry Carell. Thanks to our partners, MasterCard, Heineken00, Toyota Jamaica, Spaces, Commercial Concepts, Bresche, Beauty Brands by MDS and Go Shore Courier.